section nineteen of a compendious history of english literature and of the english language volume one this is a librivox recording all librivox recordings are in the public domain for more information or to volunteer please visit librivox dot org a compendious history of english literature and of the english language volume one by george lilly craik chapter three part one second english commonly called semi-saxon the chief remains that we have of english verse for the first two centuries after the conquest have been enumerated by sir frederick madden in a comprehensive paragraph of his valuable introduction to the romance of havelock which we will take leave to transcribe the notices by which we are enabled to trace the rise of our saxon poetry from the saxon period to the end of the twelfth century are few and scanty we may indeed comprise them all in the song of canute recorded by the monk of eli Historians, page five o five apugale who wrote about eleven sixty six the words put into the mouth of aldred archbishop of york who died in ten sixty nine william of malmesbury digest pontiff line one page two seventy one the verses ascribed to st godric the hermit of finchale who died in eleven seventy ritson bibliogra poet the few lines preserved by lambard and camden attributed to the same period ritson ancient songs dissertation page twenty eight and the prophecy said to have been set up at here in the year eleven eighty nine as recorded by benedict abbas roger hobbiton and the chronicle of lanner cost ritson metrical romances dissertation page seventy three to the same reign of henry the second are to be assigned the metrical compositions of laomon manuscript cotton cal a nine and otho c thirteen and orm manuscript june one and also the legends of st catherine st margaret and st julian manuscript bodleian thirty four with some few others from which we may learn with tolerable accuracy the state of the language at that time and its gradual formation from the saxon to the shape it subsequently assumed from this period to the middle of the next century nothing occurs to which we can affix any certain date but we shall probably not err in ascribing to that interval the poems ascribed to john de guldervord manuscript cotton cow a nine cheeses college oxford twenty nine the biblical history manuscript bennett cant r eleven and poetical paraphrase of the psalms manuscript cotton vesp d seven call ben cant o six bodleian nine twenty one quoted by wharton and the moral ode published by hicks manuscript digby for jesus college oxford twenty nine between the years twelve forty four and twelve fifty eight we know was written the versification of part of a meditation of st augustine as proved by the age of the prior who gave the manuscript to the durham library manuscript ecclesiastic dun a three twelve and bodleian forty two soon after this time also were composed the earlier songs in ritson and percy twelve sixty four with a few more pieces which it is unnecessary to particularize this will bring us to the close of henry the third's reign and beginning of his successors the period assigned by our poetical antiquaries to the romances of sir tristram king horn and king alexander the verse that has been preserved of the song composed by canute as he was one day rowing on the men while the holy music came floating on the air and along the water from the choir of the neighbouring minster of eli a song which we are told by the historian continued to his day 
after the lapse of a century and a half to be a universal popular favourite is very nearly such english as was written in the fourteenth century this interesting fragment properly falls to be given as the first of our specimens mary sungen the munetches binnen eli the knut king ru thereby roweth knittus nowhere the lant and here we these munetches sang that is literally mary sweetly sung the monks within eli that when knut king rode thereby rode knights near the land and here we these monks song being in verse and in rhyme it is probable that the words are reported in their original form they cannot at any rate be much altered the not very clerical address of archbishop aldred to ursus earl of worcester who refused to take down one of his castles the ditch of which encroached upon a monastic churchyard consists as reported by william of malmesbury who by the by praises its elegance of only two short lines hatest thou erse have thou god's curse the hymn of st godric has more of an antique character it is thus given by ritson who professes to have collated the royal manuscript five f seven and the harleian manuscript three twenty two and refers also to matthew parisiensis historia pages one nineteen one twenty edition sixteen forty and to manuscript cotton nero d five saint marie clane virgine mater jesu christus nazarene on for or fong skilled help then godrich on fang bring hegelich with the in goddess reach santa maria christus burr maidens clen had moderis fleur dilly men sinna or sunnen ricks in men mod bring me to win with the selfed god by the assistance of the latin versions adds ritson one is enabled to give it literally in english as follows st mary chaste virgin mother of jesus christ of nazareth take shield help thy godric take bring him quickly with thee into god's kingdom st mary christ's chamber purity of a maiden flower of a mother destroy my sin reign in my mind bring me to dwell with the only god two other short compositions of the same poetical eremite are much in the same style one is a couplet said to have been sung to him by the spirit or ghost of his sister who appeared to him after her death and thus assured him of her happiness christ and saint maria sway on scamo me illeta that ick on this erda ne silda with mine bara futa itreda which ritson translates christ and mary thus supported have me brought that i on earth should not with my bare foot tread the other is a hymn to st nicholas santa nicolaus goddess druth timber us bara scana hus at thy birth at thy bear st nicolaus bring us well there that is says ritson st nicholas god's lover build us a fair beautiful house at thy birth at thy beer st nicholas bring us safely thither as for the rhymes given by lambard and camden as of the twelfth century they can hardly in the shape in which we have them be of anything like that antiquity they are in fact in the common english of the sixteenth century 
lambard in his dictionary of england page thirty six tells us that a rabble of flemings and normans brought over in eleven seventy three by robert earl of leicester when they were assembled on a heath near st edmundsbury fell to dance and sing hoppa wallaikin hoppa wallaikin england is bina and mina etc camden's story is that hugh bigot earl of norfolk in the reign of stephen used to boast of the impregnable strength of his castle of bungay after this fashion were i in my castle of bungay upon the river of waveney i wouldna care for the king of cockney the here prophecy what sir frederick madden describes as the prophecy said to have been set up at here in the year eleven eighty nine is given by ritson as follows one thou sees in here hurt eruret than sullen engels in three b e delet than an into erland all too late wee that other into puilla mid pruda belevi the thrid into er hayden heard all reckon drenchigan these lines which he calls a specimen of english poetry apparently of the same age the latter part of the twelfth century ritson says are preserved by benedictus abbas by hovedon and by the chronicle of lanercost and he professes to give them and the account by which they are introduced from the former by which he means the first of the three but in truth the verses do not occur as he has printed them in any of the places to which he refers benedictus abbas page six twenty two has two versions of them the second of which he introduces by the word rictius more correctly there is a third in the printed hovedon what ritson has mistaken for the lanercost chronicle is an imperfect manuscript of hovedon cotton manuscript claude d seven folio one o one in which they occur very nearly as printed in his hovedon by saville the only difference of any importance being that the manuscript has in the fourth line by lou whereas saville both in the london edition fifteen ninety six folio three eighty six r and in the frankfort edition sixteen o one page six seventy eight has by sue ritson's transcript is evidently taken either from the manuscript or the printed hovedon it is quite unlike either of the versions given by benedictus but it is a very inaccurate transcript to pass over minor variations all the four originals for instance have sal or sail before into erland in the third line and the last line stands nowhere as ritson has given it in the first copy of benedictus it is the third in hera hagen hurt Allah e drega in the second it is the thrida in higher athen hurt alla reka e drega in the manuscript hovenant it is the thrida into er hahen hurt alla rek e drehagen or perhaps drehagia in the printed hovenant it is the thrida into er hahen hurt all reka e drekagen the line in any of the four forms in which we have it appears to be entirely unintelligible and indeed the verses are manifestly corrupt throughout although a sort of sense may be made out of the most of the others pula is apulia and the reca in the last line may have something to do with a law about wrecks which both benedict and hovenden immediately go on to state that richard proclaimed at this time a d eleven ninety after his successful military operations against king tancred in sicily and calabria or apulia but what is erhahen or where can any one tell is the town of here of which ritson and others who quote or refer to verses speak so familiarly over this name the second version in benedict has the word host printed 
with a point of interrogation as if intended for a gloss but the most remarkable circumstance of all is that there is no ground at all for supposing as is done by ritson and sir frederick madden that the verses were ever inscribed or set up upon any house at here or elsewhere what is said both by benedict and hovenden who employ nearly the same words is simply that the figure of a heart was set upon the pinnacle of the house in order as was believed that the prophecy contained in the verses might be accomplished which prophecy we are told immediately before had been found engraven in ancient characters upon stone tables in the neighbourhood of the place it is clearly intended to be stated that the prophecy was much older than the building of the house and the erection of the figure of a stag in the year eleven ninety this is sufficiently conveyed in ritson's own translation what he means therefore by saying as the inscription was set up when the house was built before the death of henry the second in eleven eighty nine is not obvious benedict says that the house was built by ranulphus or ralph not randall as ritson translates it fitzstephen ranulfo filio stephanie Helven and by william which latter ritson we do not know upon what authority intimates is the correct name both chroniclers state that the place which was a royal town willem rages anglii had been given to fitzstephen by king henry that is probably henry the second as ritson assumes but this we repeat determines nothing as to the age of the verses which were or were supposed to be of much earlier date than either the erection of the house or the grant of the property End of section nineteen